Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, the podcast that empowers you to feel better, look better, and to enjoy better enjoy the relationships in your life. You know, life is all about relationships and relationships are easier when you feel better. Well, I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, we want to talk about vitality in kind of a different realm. You know, vitality is physical and intellectual vigor and energy, zest for life. It's the state of being strong and active. So, you know, we want to we want to have more vitality. We want to feel our very best. Uh, so in today's podcast, we're going to talk about some simple ways that you can help someone who's ready to have more vitality, someone who's ready to make some health changes. I want to talk about a concept that my brother introduced me to. His name is Roger. And um, he is a really an interesting person, uh, a, a very much of a thinker. And uh, years ago, he introduced me to the concept of lesser pain. We were talking about, you know, a, a situation in our family. And he's, he said, Debbie, people always move to lesser pain. When I initially heard the term uh, lesser pain, I didn't know what it meant. But when I got it, it was really an epiphany for me. Now, um, this this helps us understand other people because I do believe now that all of us move to lesser pain, but lesser pain may be different for you than it is for me. Uh, it's it's very it's a very basic tenet of how we all uh, manage life. Uh, it's it's what motivates us, um, and it can motivate us in a good way, or it can motivate us in a bad way. Now, I would surmise that many of you listening um, are very proactive about your health. So lesser pain for you is to do things that minimize chronic disease that help you feel better, even though these things might require some very intentional strategies. But to the majority of people, uh, I think lesser pain is really not thinking about, you know, the possibility of a health problem and not thinking about proactive health. Um, lesser pain for many people, unfortunately, is, is just waiting until symptoms show up. So I want to tell you about a real life situation, a patient that I'm going to call Jack. It's, it's, this is a real story, but um, the, his name is not Jack. Um, now, I would consider Jack to be normal in every sense of the word, and especially if you listen to Vitality Made Simple, you know how I define normal. Um, Jack is the nicest guy. Uh, you would love to have him as a neighbor. He eats the standard American diet, the very, you know, normal, normal food. If anywhere he goes, there's something he's going to like. Um, he watches the normal amount of TV that the average American watches. And, and surprisingly, that's about 28 hours a week. Um, Jack drinks lots of coffee in the morning and he sips on soda in the day and he drinks tea for dinner and, um, you know, uh, that's all very normal. The French fries are Jack's number one vegetable. 
And his consumption of fruits and vegetables is also normal because it's below uh, one cup a day combined. And he loves his sweet treats from the big box store. So I think, you know, that's pretty normal too. So needless to say, Jack is normal in the area of constipation. He's very constipated. Um, from my perspective, now he, he has, a, you know, a forced bowel movement every three to four days, but he's been told by his uh, primary care doctor that this was his normal. I mean, seriously, that is a quote. The doctor said, that's my normal, Debbie. Well, um, it, it probably is his normal, but we know that's not good. Now, his dentist had also told him that his gums were normal because they just, you know, bleed a little bit and none of his teeth are loose. So when I asked Jack about his sleep, um, he said that he has to take sleeping, bill, sleeping pills every night to go to sleep and that he never feels rested. So unfortunately, that's, you know, pretty much how most, about a third of Americans are. So um, now, despite the fact that Jack was gaining weight steadily since his 20s, um, he, he, nobody thought anything of it because, you know, don't people just put on a little bit of spare tire as they get older? When I saw him, he um, was in his early 50s. Uh, and, and I think this is very much lesser pain. You know, all of these things help since, since everybody's kind of doing the same things, it, it's, it's lesser pain to not think about making any changes. He's a very carefree person. Um, and it, but very carefree, unfortunately, until he got the diagnosis of colon cancer, um, at age 52, he had had his first colonoscopy at the encouragement of his wife. Now, this is a true story, and it's, I think, very much a story of lesser pain because Jack was living the normal American lifestyle, and he was a very happy, happy guy. Now, uh, lesser pain has a new definition for him now that he has this cancer diagnosis. So uh, when he came to see me, he was totally stressed out and he wanted to change everything at once. He wanted to, first of all, he actually wanted me to give him, tell him what kind of pill to take to get well. But, you know, we know that's really not where um, health and vitality lie. Now, this is something very common, and um, I want to talk about it today because I spec- suspect that you have friends and family out there who um, are very normal. They Their lesser pain is is not worrying about it. They probably think you're very weird, and um, but when they get into this predicament of some kind of diagnosis, everything changes. Their lesser pain becomes doing something to get well, but they don't know where to start. And uh, the stress of the diagnosis is very, very damaging. And, you know, if you're, um, if you're someone that I suspect you are that's very intentional, you probably have a hundred things you could tell them to do. But but people need a very simple framework to know uh, where to start because sometimes doing so much at once is so stressful and the stress response halts the reparative, the regenerative healing functions of the body that people need at that very point in time. So... So what do you tell a friend or a loved one whose lesser pain has changed and they need some lifestyle changes? So let's talk briefly about what I have term, termed the five R's. Now, I use this framework to help 
people simplify where to get started. Um, so this is the framework that I gave Jack and, um, and it's very supportive of any medical treatment that anybody is having. It's not in lieu of medical treatment. It's along with whatever a, a person decides to do and wherever they are on their health spectrum. So the five R's are rehydration, rest, recreation and movement, real food, and relationship reconciliation. So let's talk about rehydration. Now we know that water is essential for every metabolic reaction in the body, but most people, and I say most, are are uh, chronically unintentionally dehydrated. And, and the symptoms of dehydration are very easy to miss. Those are things like fatigue or dry mouth or headache or muscle pain or brain fog. I mean, you know, so many people complain of those things. Anxiety can be the result of chronic unintentional dehydration. So I help people get started slowly on uh, getting to the point of drinking half of their body weight in ounces of pure water. And it's very important to sip slowly throughout the day. You know, obviously if they're, you know, drinking liquids that are dehydrating, they might need to drink more. And so I show them also how to do a simple skin test to check for dehydration. You just simply, uh, you know, pull the skin up on the back of your hand, like, you know, the opposite hand, and um, you you squeeze the skin gently and you see how fast it snaps back. You don't want it to stand up like a mountain range. Uh, you want it to snap back quickly onto the back of your hand. Now, people have to have a rehydration strategy. So wherever their water goal is, I think it really helps to have some, you know, jug of water, a container of water, that's the water they need to drink for that day. It's just easy to forget to drink. So uh, the first R is rehydration. The second R is rest. Now in our culture, of course, being busy is glorified and many, many people are suffering as a result of this busyness. In fact, about a third of Americans are considered to be sleep deprived. And that's just not low in sleep. I mean, that's really like sleep deprived. Now, these are people driving cars and, you know, probably doing surgeries and everything else. It's a big problem. Uh, we're sleeping much less than we did um you know, even a hundred years ago, uh, say before we had this 24 hour, you know, screen entertainment that we're, we're all, um, so used to, you know, we're designed to go to bed when it gets dark and to get up with the sun. Now rest, uh, is also, it's not just sleep. It's also downtime. And this includes the time, um, that you can just kind of do nothing. You know, you want to get yourself, especially in the rest and digest mode before you eat, um, because you've got to get out of the stress response in order to digest food. So some um, suggestions that, that I typically give people for rest are, are pretty simple. Just a few things at bedtime. I tell them to turn off their uh, any screens two hours before bedtime. I tell them to sleep in a cool and dark room. Um, in fact, I just read a study about how wearing a sleep mask actually improves brain function and and improve sleep. Actually, it probably improves brain function uh, because of the improved sleep. And um, and also I tell people that it's important to avoid difficult conversations before bedtime, you know, whether it's uh, with a loved one or if it's, you know, getting yourself, you know, all wound up worried about something. And to uh, I tell people to find something, you know, restful to do to wind down, maybe journal or read a book. Uh, it's got to be a deliberate process that helps us actually, you know, get in, get into the, the rest and the relaxation mode that's, that's going to recharge us. 
So the third R is recreation and movement. Now, I believe that your, you know, exercise, your movement should be something you enjoy. It should not be drudgery. Too many people uh, hate to exercise and it's really about movement. Um, this is a great place to, you know, start low and go slow. I mean, even going to a sports event can be movement for somebody when they have to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, because it's, it's all movement that counts. It doesn't have to be at a gym. It doesn't have to be at an exercise class. Um, it just has to be movement. It can just be, you know, some stretching, some, um, some yard work, some, uh, walking a pet, having a walk and talk with a friend, you know, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, uh, learning a dance, um, you know, anything. My main message here is to help people find something they enjoy. And that is different for everybody. So, so we have rehydration, we have rest, we have recreation and movement. The fourth R is real food. Now, um, you know, you don't have to be from Oklahoma to know that our bodies need real food. And I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir here uh, for all of you listening. Uh, our bodies, you know, our bodies um, need real food. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, we are so resilient that we can function on fake food for quite a lot of years, maybe even decades. I mean, there's this food that that um, is highly processed, highly uh, full of bad fats, bad sugars, you know, loaded with salt, um, not good salt, uh, can can give us calories and people can get along fine until they're sick. So um, people have to really like transform their taste buds, I've learned. They can't suddenly uh, go into their pantry and throw everything away and start eating healthy without being totally stressed out. That some people can make these changes, but the predominant number of people have to start low and go slow. You know, we talk about the good things that food contains, but I believe the true synergy of whole food is is far beyond our tiny minds. I should really speak for myself. It's far beyond my tiny mind. You know, we know a lot about nutrition. My master's is in nutrition, but the synergy of how all of these things work together is so complex so divine that um, the real food is going to do infinitely more for us than any kind of, you know, isolated vitamin will. And we try to isolate different compounds from food, and then we try to put them in a pill, but that's not the starting point. It might be, I do recommend supplements for some people, but I, I do not think that that is the starting point. I think it's important to help people find foods that their, their taste buds enjoy. And often people have to really taper into this. Um, if you're a person who's ever been addicted to sugar like I was, it's a it's a tough change. It doesn't happen overnight. And if it's going to be sustainable, um, you want to help people taper up and help them, you know, not feel guilty as they they learn to change their, their taste buds. Now, the final uh, R, the fifth R, is relational reconciliation. We are designed to be in relationship with God and with people. Uh, there's, you know, we just need a few friends that love us unconditionally. It Nothing can cause us more distress than relationship problems. And the research is just incredible in this area when it comes to 
uh, different emotional stressors and how they relate to certain um, certain illnesses. I mean, it can be very pinpointed to certain illnesses. I'm really like doing a deep dive into that, and I'm looking forward to talking a lot more about this and to some experts in the future in this area. Our bodies are designed to deal with short-term stressors, but these chronic long-term relational stressors really tear us up. They are inflammatory, and they are Uh, probably near causative of illness. And as I said, we just need a few good friends that love us unconditionally. And uh, I I believe having a biblical eternal perspective is a huge stress reducer when it comes to dealing with this this world. Uh, Forgiveness and gratitude have been highly scientifically studied, and we see that having direct impact in our lives uh, positively. Forgiveness has been tested when people hold grudges, their bodies suffer. So it's obviously more than just a piece of a podcast, but I encourage each and every one of you uh, to forgive others, forgive yourself, and to help people understand that that's so important as they are on this journey to feeling better. Uh, it's it's probably really number one out of these five Um because research is showing that, you know, loneliness is uh, so damaging and that strong social bonds create better health outcomes. So we have rehydration, rest, recreation, and movement, real food, and relationship reconciliation. Now, this can be a very simple framework, a valuable guide to, um, to help anyone who's discovered that lesser pain might be paying more attention to their health habits and to the health of their body rather than leaving that to chance or just waiting to get sicker and maybe get a, a diagnosis. But, you know, people have to be ready to discover this for themselves. Um, it's a very much a relationship stressor if we try to tell other people what to do. I call that, you know, putting your should on somebody. Uh, it's, it's not good and it causes uh, lots of problems. Jack had a real medical problem. He had colon cancer, but he did what he could do. He started drinking more water. He started prioritizing his rest. He got some movement. At times he couldn't do much movement, but he did what he could. He did start eating more real food. And of course he had to change his taste buds, but he found some things he liked. And, um, in his life, I really don't know specifically if there were relationship things that he needed to change. I uh, I think everybody probably has those things, but we did not talk about that. So in doing this, this increased his doctor's outcomes, and it just started building good habits for his uh, recovery and for his healing. And I think the biggest thing is that Jack felt really uh, empowered He felt like he could do something so often when people are going through medical treatment, they feel so powerless and they just, they just like, where do I have to be next? And, you know, but when you are doing these things that help your body heal and restore, then you have a lot of power too. So, um, such great news with Jack. So, you know, people have to decide for themselves that they don't want to be normal. Because here at Vitality Made Simple, we don't want to be normal. Normal is that regular pattern I've talked about so much today. And um, it's what is typical in a society at even any given point in history. It's what's familiar. And, you know, 
Normal and familiar in our world is dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Normal is often ignoring personal health strategies and thinking that a doctor can make you well. Um, we have to address this area of lesser pain. We um, we want we want to do some simple health strategies. What fits well into our lifestyle to uh, avoid being sick. We don't know. I always say we don't know what snake doesn't bite us. You know, we don't want to put ourselves in harm's way. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, this is episode 119 of Vitality Made Simple. Uh, we are learning to to live younger. We're learning to be proactive together. Uh, Vitality Made Simple is now in 2,700 cities, a little bit more than that, 102 countries. And that's thank you. Thanks to you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I'm now on Instagram. Join me there at Dr. Debbie Osment. Um, Blessings until next time.